my guest today is my wonderful wife, Lynn. She's going to share natural ways to get started in love in action, natural ways to get started in lifestyle evangelism, talking to strangers in the public square where it's not weird, it's not awkward. She's going to give you great starters because we found that when you step out, when you step across the line to be love to a strange person, Holy Spirit backs us up every single time. Lynn's going to share how you can get started, just like she did. Hello, Firestorm family. Another week, another opportunity to encourage you, another opportunity to show you real-life God stories, examples that are exciting and encouraging. But, you know, it's never about just the testimony. Testimonies are fun, but I found in my life that they kind of just make you kind of sit back and watch like you're watching a spectator thing, spectator game or something. No, no, no. Everybody gets to play. This is the beautiful thing of the gospel is that it's available to everybody. Everybody is part of the family. So when you hear cool testimonies, we never want you to think, oh, that's for those elite people that are on some special level and I'm not, and therefore I'll just tune it out. No, no, no. These are all designed to lift you up and encourage you that there's more and you can do it because we're all regular people. And I'm thrilled tonight. I'm always excited about my guests, but my guest tonight is especially special to me. My wife, Lynn Gilbert, is here in studio. Hello. Hi, honey. <laughs> She's only been on the radio like one time in a year. It's kind of crazy because just what the Lord has done with both of us, I think, in the last few years has been really special for each of us, right? I mean, what he did with me in my own interest and my own character was different than what he did with you. Really different, yes. Which is, I think, a really good thing to think about the body of Christ being different and not trying to get somebody to get in line with the way that Holy Spirit is changing you. Amen. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a great scripture, you know, the, the body, right? And we, not everyone is an ear, not everyone is a foot and all that. But also we serve a cr- very creative father, right? And I think it makes him really happy to change stuff up, <laughs> right? So you've seen it this way, but now I'm we'll probably never doing do a new it, thing. Do it that way again. <laughs> exactly, cuz it seems to make him really happy to to do things differently. And so tonight we're going to talk about activations for the prophetic. And you if you've listened to this show before, we bring you testimonies of regular Christians, I always say just like you, who are moving in Holy Spirit presence and anointing, and they're touching the world around them as a normal part of their daily life. So the testimonies you hear are not from a church service, but they're from a gas pump. (laughs) They're from a drive-through window at a Starbucks. They're from a pizza restaurant talking to a waitress. So they're in the public square. And we've just found that the Lord is just so beautiful and easy. When you step out, he always meets us, right? I can't remember a time that I've ever fallen flat on my face. And what I've seen with you, Lynn, is that you just move in such a natural and just beautiful, comforting level of love, kindness, and peace. It's so beautiful. It's so much of the Spirit and so disarming. I feel like a lot of our listeners 
they are also kind of moving in that, That's, but they don't know that it's a Holy Spirit superpower. <laughs> so let's talk about just the beginning of the prophetic. What would you say to some of our listeners that are like, yeah, I've heard these testimonies and some of them seem really exciting and ah, maybe that's not, I'm not ready for that yet, but how do I get started in hearing God? And do I hear him for me first or am I going to hear him for other people first? What do you think? Well, I would have been one of those people who said, yeah, I don't have that gift. Yeah, you know, for me, for decades, Holy Spirit was acting kind of out there. I'd say, you know, oh, I love Holy Spirit. Well, seeing things work out and, and co- coincidences, if you will, timing happened beautifully. Um, but not so much in my own life. And I would not have trusted my own intuition. Mm -hmm. I would not have trusted or even imagined I would have any prophetic gifting. And um, It was never really talked about or expected, really. No. Not in the denominations that you grew up in. In the denominations I grew up in. In fact, as a child, the um, pastor would hold up the Bible and said, this is the full counsel of God, mm-hmm. meaning God no longer speaks. Right. Read this. That's all. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. And then I began seeing Holy Spirit guide you into all truth. So there's something going on in enlightening scripture and that kind of thing. Um, but I wouldn't have thought myself anything particularly special mm-hmm. at all. I spent nearly 30 years as an at-home mom, homeschool mom, um, and so there wasn't a whole lot of outside connection. Mm -hmm. But I have to tell you, women who are at home or people who are in some kind of difficult or feeling isolated position, especially younger ones, no, you are being transformed. Babies are babies are hard. I had a lot of them. Lots of kids. All whatever your situation is, especially when you're in your twenties and thirties, there's a lot of squeezing. And if I could give suggest one thing, I would say don't fight it. Don't kick against the goads. Lean into those difficult places and let it change you. Hmm. Instead of complaining, instead of, oh, this is so hard, how can I get away? Let it change you because you're being prepared for something when, when the kids are grown and gone or when this job is different or when you're out of the wherever. Yeah, and that's what you're seeing. We're seeing in your life now. Kids yes. are grown, you know, grandkids come in the picture once in a while. But I feel like what I've seen with you is all those years of preparation, of really honing your intuition. I think as a mom, um, the Lord just gives you eyes to see all kinds of things and catalog all kinds of things, right? You don't even know your brain may be doing it. But then when you need it, he reminds you of whatever you need in the interest of caring for your children, managing your household, all the things that a lot of our listeners are, are doing. 
I would suggest that that is the beginning of hearing Holy Spirit's voice, that he will lead you into all truth. And it's probably already happening for you every single day. Nobody's translated it for you, though. So maybe help translate some of the things that you would have been hearing before that you know now was Holy Spirit preparing you. Hmm. Um, I think some of it is noticing. For me, when I talk to someone just as I'm out, it always starts with noticing. And I don't even, let's just say, we've, we've talked a little about parenting here. Mm-hmm. I know what a well-loved child looks like. I know how they behave at Sam's Club. Yeah, out in the marketplace. Um and it's not one specific thing. I can tell by the, the look on the child's face, the interaction with mom. Even if the child's misbehaving, it's, not, it's bigger than that. I can tell if this is, if the child is well-loved and well-parented. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can just see that. And I didn't realize that was unusual, but it came from my experience. And... So my ability to take in a lot of these points, I don't even know if I could, before having thought about it, identified the things that I'm noticing. Yeah. You know, your brain is cataloging things, and the Holy Spirit is calling things into your recollection now that you don't even know you're recording, but that's why the Word says, Jesus said, uh, you know, I'm going to send you a comforter. He, basically, he says at the end of you know, his earthly ministry, he says, guys, I'm leaving you should be happy I'm leaving. This is the Scott Gilbert paraphrase. You should be happy I'm leaving because if I didn't, the comforter wouldn't come. He said, but I'm going to send you a comforter. He's going to remind you of everything I taught you. He's also going to give you power and you're going to be my witnesses. But when do you need a comforter? When you're uncomfortable. So if you're in an uncomfortable place in life, which we all are day by day, I suggest that that's actually the opportunity for you to hear Holy Spirit louder than when, you know, all your bills are paid living on a beach with glassy seas. If you think that's the expectation, uh, I think we all know that that's not realistic. But if the comforter is going to remind you of everything that he's taught you, I'd suggest that you're being taught all the time. And the Lord, if you let him and if you open your understanding and you just open yourself to the possibility, Lord, what do you have for these people in front of me? Lord, what would you like to say to that person? These are thought prayers that I do um, before I engage with someone. And I What are some e- things that you do? Um, yeah, that's not something I necessarily do, especially when I was stepping out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, there are certain things I notice. Things usually that matter to me, sometimes sometimes things that I'm just curious about. For instance, people who make an effort really matter to me. Or yeah. making an effort really matters to me. Something simple, we were at a grocery store and I noticed a teenage boy, checker, very carefully move the produce and put the bread in last because I've had teenage boy checkers who threw a can of soup on top of a loaf of bread. We've all experienced that, yes. And 
I complimented him on the effort I saw him putting in. Mm -hmm. And he, you could tell he was just, oh, oh, well, well, thank you. I, that's just something I try to do because I wouldn't, because I care. Yeah. And for me, that, that's, a, that's the simplest level yeah. of just pointing out to people, hey, I see you really made an effort and I appreciate that. And it's, it's really pretty simple to go to the next level and say, you know, the one, that's the way that you reflect the one who created you. That's the way you reflect God. God's a little overused. Oh, God. You know, mm -hmm. so sometimes I don't. That's, that's the way you were made to be. You're moving in a gift. You're moving. Yeah. And... Um, some people are stunned by that. Yeah, they are. I think so. Pro tip number one for those listening at home, I suggest that you're already several levels down the road uh, moving towards the Lord using you to be his mouthpiece to speak life and love into people every day, everywhere you go. You don't have to be afraid of this. I suggest that the Lord has been preparing you all of your life and at just the right time, he is going to uncork the bottle. I want that to be today because I'm audacious. But here's pro tip number one that Lynn just shared. Start by noticing things people are doing right and then tell them what you noticed. And we're talking service people. We're talking folks, you know, honestly, the easy – the, the baby step is service people, people that are checkout people, you know, baristas, uh, the lady behind the cash register, wherever. You know, that's a really easy place to start. And I love the way you do it. You just start with – you point out something they did well. And I love it because I've seen you do this with people when you can tell that they're not having an awesome day. <laughs> I, I love it because I feel like maybe you target those, but the ones that kind of have a little attitude and they kind of, you know, throw their, roll their eyes or something to the last person, I've seen you step in to that one and point out something, let's just say that, that that young woman did well, and it's just disarming. They don't know what to do with it. It's fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I necessarily noted that, but... You know, people are unkind to service people. Mm -hmm. My daughters were all baristas and wait staff. Oh, yeah. And I, in fact, I was too, and some of our, one of my boys. And people are, they suddenly forget you're a human. Yeah. They just want what they want right now, or they want a target to vent on. And sometimes, um, Another way I appreciate effort to kind of circle around back to that is, and I don't suggest that men do this, okay. only women, yeah. because um, that I notice if, you know, a girl's wearing some, you know, like ugly blue vest she has to wear for work or something, mm -hmm. but she's braided her hair in a special way. Or she's done her eye makeup or she has nice earrings on or something underneath that, mm -hmm. despite the fact that it's a really frumpy look. And I'll compliment that effort she made. And it's remarkable how even teenagers 
would, oh, all yeah, of a you'll say to them like, I, I notice, wow, because I've, I've watched you do it. Um, you know, hey, wow, I see what you did with that eye makeup, the way you did ABC, you define it. I don't know what she's talking about. But uh, I watch the way these young women, especially, they come alive because you know that they were at home and they're thinking, I got to wear this stupid, you know, dark purple smock that makes me look terrible or whatever. It's not my color. It's too big, whatever. But they put some effort into just trying to look nice. You call that to attention and you tell them how well they did. And people love to tell you about their thing. I don't know a lot about hair and makeup. I don't put a tremendous amount of effort into that. But I'll ask about some aspect. Mm -hmm. Is that hard to learn that braiding? The line you got on the that eyeliner is amazing. Did you amazingly perfectly straight? Or, you know, yeah, some. something quick. The other thing, folks, is she's doing this in like 10 to 15 seconds because these people are, we've got to be sensitive. They're at work. They probably have a manager that's watching them. They've got a long line behind them and they're thinking, I got to serve these people. So we're thinking the same thing. And as I watch Lynn do this, she's quick. She says like one thing. I see what you did with your eye makeup and wow, it's an amazingly straight line. And it's over in just moments. But you can see that it's bearing fruit in the second. This is not anything you have to belabor. And it's really easy to segue there to celebrating their beauty, to celebrating that that's the heart of God in them, yeah. to display the beauty he created them. That's creativity um, connected to you know, whatever comes in that moment is just a, a, a short thing. And yeah, I've it, seen how you've said things like, you know, when you're talking about just say hair, makeup, nails, something like that, you've said things like, that's how you reflect the beauty of your creator. I yes. think that's, that's awesome because it's a starting, it's just like a slow underhand pitch. I mean, most people aren't going to get an attitude about that. That's how you reflect the beauty of your creator. Um, I've watched you just disarm people over and over and over with that one. And my goal is to just get them thinking, to just come in with a word about pointing them to God. Yeah. The, the purpose is to reveal God to them in some way. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of watch their face. I mean, anyone who's an adult has seen a lot of faces and is fairly perceptive yeah. of shut up, lady, or <laughs> oh, thank you, or, you know. I would say 90-some <laughs> percent of the time they do that second one. They're, oh. They are undone. They want more. They're, yeah. It's like it's like people that are starving that you just gave a nugget of bread to or people that are thirsting and you just gave them a drink of water. They come alive in a moment. And and for an onlooker, someone like me, you can feel the atmosphere change. You can feel, you know, a lot of people talk about that. The Lord will change the atmosphere. Yeah, it's his presence that changes the atmosphere. I stand there and I watch the atmosphere change. And I've never seen anybody behind you, like, stomping their feet going, come on, people. 
And I, it's because the Lord is there, and you do it with such gentleness and such ease. It, the, you know, it's not heavy theological. It's not awkward. You don't make people feel strange. You just, you speak life. You speak something kind about what you notice them doing well. And then you make a quick little pivot to that's how you reflect the beauty of your creator. And you can do that while they're checking your items, while they're bagging, while they're running the credit card, any of that. You can compress all this into it very easily. And I have seen in this one particular case about commenting on someone's effort from someone probably 15 or 16 in into their 70s. Yeah. Oh, you just made my day. All Male the time. and female. Yeah. It happens all the time. People are so shocked that you notice them as a person. I don't usually ask them, so how's your day going? Because that sounds too much like, how are you? Yeah. Everybody kind of, says that. I. Yeah. Some people that works with, I don't usually say that. Right. In fact, I think I probably never said, so how's your day going? Because it just sounds... It sort of drops it flat. It's almost like you were building to something and then you go back to mundanity. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of where you're hearing the spirit, where the Lord is just slowly building. It's almost like you pull, we, we say in the prophetic, it's like a box of Kleenex. Once you pull the first one out, there's going to be another one underneath of it. But you won't know there's three or four or five deep until you pull number one. Well, and to, to make another analogy of that, I think of this as opening the tap mm. to the rivers of living water. Amen. I tend to be all up in my head. Yes, you do. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Yes. Have you truly thought of something if you have not overthought it might be my motto. That's so funny. And um, I get stuck in that so I can just get jammed with fears and lack of confidence yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. So I think of some of these, you know, my simple technique of opening, I mean, of noticing effort. That's the first thing I did because I naturally do that. And that was enough for me to start with that I could just kind of open the tap and not get overthink something. Oh, well, is she or should I? Or yeah. uh, maybe this is not. Oh, people are behind. You know, all the things yeah. I could think and overthink. Yeah, let's talk about that overthinking now because I think um, – people that are listening is if you're thinking there's going to be a time where this is going to be natural and it's just going to flow and when it just naturally flows, that's when I'll do it. I'm going to tell you right now that is almost never my experience. Uh, I would say 98% of the time there are, there are things going through my head. I'm thinking about, oh, there's no time. That person looks mean. He's probably already a believer. She's really busy. I got to go. I'm My schedule, all these things hit me. But here's the crazy cool thing. I know now that that's what a fiery dart feels like. That's what an attack of my enemy who doesn't want me to come in love and speak life into anyone ever. The enemy will never want you to pray for anybody ever as a rule. So as soon as you're like anticipating and thinking that, he's going to come in because I think he sees the anointing growing in the, you know, in his ability to see in the spirit. He sees that anointing growing on you and he's going to throw all these things in your mind. What if that's actually a clue that you're doing it right? 
Not that you're doing it wrong and need to pull back, but you're actually starting to move in the anointing. And here's what I've seen. I would say 100% of the, honestly, almost every single time, I can't remember a time it didn't happen. As soon as I start, as soon as I step in, and as we say, just kind of push the door a little bit, all of that concern and fear and schedule and all of it just whoosh goes away. It's like the atmosphere changes and none of that is relevant. Well, and all our enemy has is smoke and mirrors. So in my case, it's less those barriers. For me, it's, well, who am I? I'm not that special. I don't, you know, why would they want to listen to me? It's more of that. It's more kind of negative Mm self-talk. Which is also him. Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) And that's where I get hung up. Right. And so how can we push through that? We just push through it. We just like, I like to see it as I'm doing it right. I flip the script. For me, I, because I'm so much in my head, I, I try to, it's sort of push through it, but it's more, I I probably use more of a distraction technique of noticing. Okay. So, um, because when I naturally talk to people, I naturally notice um, I'll give you an example. I like names. I like name meanings. Yeah. I like last names. I find it interesting that, you know, I can pretty much identify a German name or an English name or a Dutch name or so I find it interesting yeah. and for whatever reason. And um, I was at a warehouse club and the guy who brought out my order his name was sincere Mm -hmm. that's really hard to miss the meaning of that name i wasn't sure maybe it was spelled that way and pronounced some other way Mm -hmm. so i said is your name sincere he's you know he looks like he's about 1920 yeah kind of like yeah yeah you know (laughs) and I just, because I find names interesting, and, and there was a period of time in the U.S., 1800s maybe, where people named their kids, like after their crops, cotton, and, you know, and or they named their girls. Um, temperance. Temperance, and, yeah, virtue names. Character development. Goal, and yeah. that kind of stuff. But sincere, and I just kind of smiled really big, and said, I, I, if I remember it correctly, I just blessed his mother in that moment. I said, wow, what an amazing mother you must have to have labeled you with such a name. And like you said, um, I'm talking about the name and the tap is open. Yeah, and, and, then and it, it starts to flow, right? And then yeah. it starts to flow. And it's like um, I heard someone say a prophetic word or a word from Holy Spirit will multiply in your mouth. It will multiply yeah. as you speak. And then I said something about that. And I began, I started using aspects of sincerity and just blessed him with, you know, you're going to be like this and like this and like this. And his 
at first, you know, who's this weird lady who's <laughs> commenting on my name? And, you know, I'm just at work trying to get this done. And his posture changed and his face started to light up and yeah. his eyes got bigger and his smile because I complimented his mama. And then Can't talked go wrong about all of the things that I saw in him. And he had this real yes face, yeah. you know, an open, friendly, mm -hmm. not an, as opposed to a no face, a closed down stop talking and I just kind of riffed on who he you know whatever occurred. and that's just coming into your mind we, as you're talking and it's really obvious that I can't do it right now <laughs> because I can't I have no idea what I said that's why that's how you know it's the Lord so in the second half of the show we are excited to kind of unpack that multiplication in your mouth it's really exciting when it happens it's actually incredibly thrilling so if the Lord says well Paul says, Paul's writing, he says in 1 Corinthians 14, let's just ground this in scripture for people that are listening. He says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. That's Paul talking. So desire the spiritual gifts, but pursue love. And what I hear you talking about, Lynn, is everything is founded in love. It's just beautiful. And when you come in love and you come in and you speak life into someone about their what their name is like and what their mother must have thought, and you're, you're just consistently pouring love into them, the spiritual gift enlivens. That's where we're going to unpack more in the next half of the show. And it's not just about us, though. It's about you. We want to encourage you that you can do the exact same thing because Jesus is not a respecter of persons. What he did for one, he'll do for another. and He'll do the exact same thing for you. So get excited because the second half of the show is coming. My guest tonight is my lovely wife, Lynn Gilbert. And we have both seen each other grow in dramatic ways, spiritual growth in the last three years, really. And what I've seen in you is just a blossoming. It's like a flower opening of the prophetic. And the prophetic, you know, Paul talks about it some more. He says, um, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, but he who prophesies, you do three things when you prophesy. You speak edification, which is build people up. Exhortation, which is like to emphatically appeal to people, like call them forward, like, come on, let's go, we can do this. It's still a positive understanding and comfort. And what we're seeing is if you want to get started and the Lord, Paul says he would have it that all of his sons and daughters would prophesy. This was a, this was an expectation in the early church of everyone. It's available, and we're seeing it happen on a day-to-day -day basis with regular Christians who are moving in love. It's not about them. It's about the Lord talking to them for other people. And I think that's a crucial step we should probably unpack quickly is that, you know, for me, I always wanted to hear God's voice for me. <laughs> what do I do with this decision? Here's my problem. God, what are you going to do? Come on, be a good God. Show up was always my thing. And it was very self-focused. And, you know, Jesus says anyone who come after me must first deny himself. So as soon as we can get out of our self, we're supposed to, you know, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by faith. Okay, what does that faith look like? Well, I think that faith looks like 
hearing God's voice in love for other people and then stepping across the line and testing it. Because there's no way you're going to know if that's just your thoughts or if that's him until you step across the line and you actually test it. You want to talk about the one with the pizza girl last week? Well, I was thinking first that how some people are confused. Move in love. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, define that. Well, we know God is love. John wrote that late in his life. So our God is infinite love. What does that look like? Well, we happen to have, happen to have a couple of cheat sheets. Mm. 1 Corinthians 13 will give you a list. Love is patient. Mm-hmm. Love is kind. Love does not seek its own, and it goes on. Yeah. So when I began to practice at this one place, I go for um, one of my vendors every week. I began... Well, when you raise a lot of kids, you can either choose to be really grumpy or patient. And I have a lot of patience as a result. And they have said to me, I began to practice patience because love is patient. Mm -hmm. And they have said to me, oh, my gosh, we're so glad to see you coming. You are our most patient customer and they have messed up my order over and over and over. Yeah, because we go there every single week. Every we have week. lots of opportunities to fix it and surprisingly they never really seem to take that. Yeah, there's always some <laughs> new wrinkle or sometimes the same wrinkle for the eighth time. Exactly. But I don't ever get upset with them. Yeah, you're amazing. And they feel that. And since I go often, it builds a relationship mm-hmm. and they really feel cared for. Mm-hmm. Some have opened up a little bit about their lives and that kind that kind of thing to me. So that's really simple. You can look at any of those steps and just be that. Yeah, out of out of 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, it's not just for weddings, guys. It's actually a laundry list of ways to practice uh, moving in love, what we call it. You know, Paul talks about, he says, put on love as like a garment. So I always tell people it's like an emotional mental exercise where you actually think about yourself putting on love like a garment doesn't matter what you feel like right now because love doesn't seek its own right i am crucified with christ it's not about me i'm having an irritable day i didn't eat well i didn't sleep we always say i didn't get enough sleep whatever all of your negatives it doesn't matter right now because it's not about you you put on love as like a garment and then you step forward in love, practicing it when you don't feel it, and what happens? It, as that tap opens, mm-hmm. it also, you've talked about, you get a reverb. It begins to change you, yeah. and it's really a, a lot of fun in a way, but mm-hmm. it actually uplifts your own day yeah. when you see that delight radiated back to you on somebody's face. Right. And the if you finish the first cheat sheet, the second one, many of which are um, repeated, is the fruit, the evidence of Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Mm-hmm. 
any or all of those. It's a really simple thing. Um, part of our concern about moving in the prophetic, which is, to my mind in this case, hearing God and translating God for other people. Yeah, I think that's a great, Speaking, that's a great definition. Revealing who God is mm -hmm. to other people, not the entire infinite, in, infinitude um, word that God is, but some aspect. So whatever you hear, whatever comes at the moment, like we mm -hmm. talked about beauty or creativity or... or yeah, those are good starting points. And because it can be really easy to think about, moving in the prophetic is, I am on a bicycle at the very top of a steep slope. I've never ridden a bike before, and I'm going to have to get on this two-wheel bicycle and hope for the best. Yeah, that's what a lot of people think when they say, we want to teach you to prophesy. That, like, yes. Uh, thank you, no. Yes, and that's what it feels like. Yeah. But when any of us, most of us who learn to ride a bike, either learn to ride such a tiny bike, we could put our feet on the ground mm -hmm. and kind of push with our feet, try, a foot, try to pull our feet up and, you know, roll a half a rotation or something and learn balance, or someone held the back, of our seat yeah. or something like that and ran along beside us until they could feel our balance. And that's why the way I've learned to do this is so much easier because I'm just using who God made me to be. Yeah. My oddball interests, mm -hmm. like the name thing, um, or things I'm curious about. I don't wear a lot of ma eye makeup, but I'm really interested in It's like art. I'm not mm -hmm. particularly an artist, but I'm really interested in, in what well, you do. And I think what's happening is God's giving you his eyes. That's the uh, cool thing is that once you just put yourself out there, Father, you love these people. This is what I do. I do a little thought prayer. I'll just look at someone and I'll just say this thought prayer. Father, you love him. You love her. What do you have for him? And I just think that in my head. And then I look at the person and he gives me his eyes to see them. So what I feel like God's doing with you, Lynn, is that he's giving you his eyes to see things that, yeah, you don't have a, 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 a giant experience base in with the, you know, the, the name meanings you've always been interested, but you don't know all these things. The way to do the, you know, the nuances of hair and makeup, you don't really know that. But God's giving you his eyes. And I think that's available to everybody. If you're moving in love, it's not about what you know. It's about what he knows. So like a week ago, we were in a pizza restaurant, and I just did this. I did the – I looked – so we had two waitresses. One of them was very active, you know, talked to us, brought us food back and forth, all this. And then another one just basically sat us down, brought us drinks, and we never saw her again. We had no interaction. I don't even know her name. But that was the – that one that had no interaction came at the end to get the check and all. And so as she's cruising around the restaurant, I just did this recreationally because I think it's fun. And I said, Father, you love her. What do you have for her? And I just got quiet in my head. You know, I'm still in the discussion. We had two families and a pastor, that friend that was there. And I just listen in my head. And something just pops in there. And it was... She likes to write. She's very creative. 
And I'm thinking, oh, okay. I mean, that's vague. But now the only way to know if that's him or if that's just you is to step out in what I call risk and ask. <laughs> and you were right there. Yeah. So this girl comes up to the table and, uh, and I said, hey, um, random question. And I've learned that when you lead with, hey, random question, everybody leans in. You, they don't know what it's going to be, but they're cool with it. So I said, hey, random question. And she leans in. I said, um, do you like to write, like journal or blog or something like that? Simple, right? Not much to it. And she just lights up and she says, oh, absolutely. I write a lot. And I said, you're really creative, aren't you? I can see a lot of creativity and she's like glowing more and more. And then I dropped this in. I said, okay, full disclosure, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. And he shows me things about people because he loves you. And she's still listening. And I said, yeah, that creativity that you have, is it for, and then, like, so as I'm saying this, folks, it's coming. It's not like I heard all this ahead of time. You know, people say, Lord, tell me what to say to that person. And I'll go talk to him. That's never happened to me one time. But I think what he does is he says, you go start talking like the way Lynn does in love, in kindness, in encouragement. You go start talking and then I'll multiply it. Then I'll fill it. So I got the she writes, blog, journal. I got all that. And then I said, yeah, I feel like I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. He shows me things about people. I feel like the Lord is saying having no idea what I'm going to say next. I feel like the Lord is saying he's put a lot of his creativity in you. And is it like visual art? I, I see like colors. Is it colors? And that? And she just is glowing now. Absolutely. I love it. I do all of that. I said, yeah, I feel like God wants to, me to tell you that there have been people that have told you that you need to just like put that away because that's not really valuable. But that's the spark of him in you. That's his creativity. And it makes him really happy when you do that. And she's tracking with me, right? Yeah. And then there was one more, which I, and this is like I said, you pull one Kleenex and you get another one. This is like four Kleenex deep. <laughs> And then I went for another one. So the earlier in the day, we had been to the zoo, and there was a big butterfly house, and it was really cool. And, you know, they're all flapping around. You get to walk through them, and that was very memorable. Best part of the zoo, in my opinion. And for whatever reason, at that moment, as I'm talking to her about creativity and art and all this, I have a memory that just pops in my head about the butterfly house. So I just throw it in there, and I said, do butterflies mean anything to you? And what did she say? You were... Yeah. And I'm thinking, where are you going with this? And her, she said, oh, my gosh, yes. I put a butterfly on everything I write or draw. Yeah. She says it's like my animal because it symbolizes transition and growth and all this. Or transformation. Transformation. Mm -hmm. And I was just able to turn it and said, yeah, you know what? That's the Lord. That's Jesus. He loves you and he sees you. There's no way I could know all this about you. But the Lord does because he knows you and he sees you. And it makes him really happy when you're moving in that gift. So keep doing it. Yeah, and that was just the end of it. That was the Which, end of it. Yeah. yeah. The pastor we were with had to pick his chin up off the table because <laughs> I don't think that was normal for him. Well, but, and uh, I find it really interesting that when you talk about this, thoughts come into your mind. I don't know if that so much 
happens with me, you know, kind of the tap idea when I was talking to Sincere about his name. Mm -hmm. It was like a thought came in my mind. I just kept talking. (laughs) But, and maybe it's similar, but for me, I've been a dreamer, like dreams in the night, my whole life. Very, as an adult, maybe the past, I don't know, seven to eight years, ten maybe, I have hundreds of dreams written down. I've done some dream work with some friends and, and, um, so, and, and I have a visual memory. If I look at something when I put it down, I can remember where it is. So I know I'm a visual kind of person. And sometimes for me, just a little image, like on the screen of my mind, pops up more than for you, it seems to be words, which makes sense because you largely make your living and your ministry in speaking. And sometimes something will come and go, and I'll think, that's dumb, you know, or, you know, um, probably more times than I'm proud of. And I wonder how many of those mm-hmm. were but were misses. But, you know, there's not any condemnation. You learn from it, you go on. Huh, maybe I should, or, and, um, can I talk about Jeff? Sure. Oh, this was a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were at a place and. We were speaking at a church a couple weekends ago, and the pastor, and this is a very high church, we'll call it, very, you know, very organized, very structured, very denominational, very religious, and uh, but they are very interested in getting their people moving in Holy Spirit anointing and communicating the love of Jesus to the community. So they brought us in to just equip and empower them that there's more. Jesus said, you know, my bread is to do the will of my Father. That's John chapter 4. And if Jesus' bread was to do the will of his Father and you're feeling hungry like there's more, you should probably just do the same things Jesus did and you'll feel fed. So that's what we were teaching on. And at the end, the pastor invites anybody in the church that wants Scott and Lynn to pray for him. And we <laughs> had like a lot of people that came up one after the other. And uh, there was this older man. His name was Jeff. Yeah. And he looked rough. Yeah. And he came up and said, you know, I've, I've had a pretty hard life. And I don't know if it was bad choices, um, illness. Yeah, he shared with me that he feels like he's just not doing enough for the Lord. He's like, I need to do more type thing. And, you know, there seemed to be kind of a need, you know, I'm, yeah, whether I'm broken or, you know, and none of that matters really. But he looked pretty rough and he kind of, his posture, you know, his head's down, his posture was, you know, kind of the what was me, the beaten child? I don't know, something like that. Could you pray for me? Yeah. And we're praying for Jeff, and I'm just trying to build him up. Yep, start with encouraging words. Start with encouraging words. I watch you do words. it. It's glorious. And, you know, just kind of the exhortation part, like, come on, and you can do this, yep. and you have, you know, age and experience, and I don't remember what it was, and there was a quick flash in my mind as I'm of a park bench and I made some comment a parentheses a problem with speaking with trying to recount something 
that happened. When it was in Holy Spirit, it's really hard to remember what it was. Yeah, well, I can tell him what you said because I was standing right there. So she says to this man who is just in need of encouragement, and, you know, he loves the Lord. He's, he's, a, he's a believer. He's trying to do everything right, but he feels like there's more, and what do I do is what he's coming to us. And Lynn just starts speaking encouraging words into him. You know, you have the wisdom of years, and these young people today, they need that. They don't have parents. They don't have father figures like they used to. And I see you sitting on a park bench talking to young people. And the guy basically, his jaw hits the ground, his eyes, he's almost, he basically almost falls over. Because what did he say? Yeah, he kind of wobbled and he said, you have no idea what you just said. No, I we thought, don't. No, I totally don't have. Why? Yeah. He said, just, he's in charge of a, of a garden. There's a little walkway between the church and another place. So they've planted a garden to make it nice yeah. for people to walk through and attract people. And he said, we just put a bench there. It's right out there. It's right I outside was, the church. You could always see it from a window. He wanted to take us to the window to point to it. I was just there. Yeah. Maybe the day before or that yeah. morning. I don't remember. Yeah. And he said, I was sitting there and there's some troubled youths, yeah. you know, 15, 17. And he said, my first thought was, you ought to, you ought to stop smoking weed. Don't do, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he said, and I kind of held back on that. And instead... I started saying other more positive things mm-hmm. to him. And and he said, and I, I started to see that so many people cut through here, especially now that it's nice. It's a place that I can meet people and be friendly and just kind of become a fixture. And maybe it's a place that I can reach people. Yeah. Which was, I felt like that was at least as much a gift to me as it was to him. Oh, yeah. It's always exciting when you just clearly, you know that you didn't know that. And what you just said was clearly, I can hear God. It's so thrilling. That's available to absolutely every single believer. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they won't listen to another. So don't ever say, I can't hear the Lord's voice. If you're saying that, that means you might not be a sheep. If you are a sheep, the word says that you can hear his voice. The one that's going to tell you you can't is your enemy because he doesn't want you to activate in this. He doesn't want you to bring love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness to the world around you. He doesn't want the words of life on your tongue that the Lord will put in there. He doesn't want them out there in the world. So don't ever say you can't hear his voice. You can you just need to practice. Well, and that's why the cheat sheets I suggested are so easy because in the Old Testament, you know, the Spirit of God came upon this person right. and, you know, they get they had a, maybe a physical yeah, sense. Yeah, Jeremiah said, it burns in my bones, I have to speak. Yes, they right? have a physical sense of it. Yeah. The problem, if you will, now is that Holy Spirit lives in you. Mm -hmm. And when you're a clean conduit and Holy Spirit's flowing through that pipe, you don't have any physical sense of that. You don't feel it. And you think you're just talking and encouraging someone, but as you open that tap, it becomes a river of living water. Mm -hmm. And that's not really you doing it anyway. That's still not about you. That's... 
that's the God part of you, if you will. That's Holy Spirit inhabiting you, inhabiting your words and touching them. Mm-hmm. So that's why you don't feel it. Yeah. You don't have a and, sense of it. And that's why I could say, yeah, I have no idea what Yeah, and I that just guy said. was just completely floored. And then we were able to speak into him some more. And I think that's, I came in at some point and I just spoke that life into him that you have the wisdom. These young people that are going off the rails, they need what you have. You can speak life into them. You might be the one who can let them know that they have a father in heaven who loves them, who's not mad at them. And he's just receiving and receiving and receiving. And I actually got a text from him a day or two later that he is activating, he's praying in that park, he's seeing they're receptive now, and it never was before. And he has kind of a whole new expectation that he can hear God for other people. So Because it's just he can thrilling. be out there and be a grandfather, mm-hmm. not out there, say, shaking a Bible and condemning yeah. Yeah. or saying, get out of here, we don't, you know, we don't smoke weed on church property, yeah. and losing the opportunity, making about some sort of behavior instead yeah, of about their heart. Yeah, he actually talked to me about that. He said, you know, I smoked weed, so he can go to them. He's probably in his 70s, Easily. probably had a life in the 60s, when you know, 1960s, and uh, he said, like, I did it, and I saw all the problems. So I'm like, Jeff, I remember talking about this. I'm like, Jeff, this is what the Lord says in the way that you were comforted. You'll become a comfortor. So all those stuff, the stuff that's happened to you that's been painful and wounding, the Lord's going to use that as your superpower now to speak life into other hurting people. And it's not going to be, oh, I did the bad thing. Stop doing the bad thing. No, no, no. What you're going to do, Jeff, and here's how the prophetic works with me. Here's what you're going to do, Jeff, having not quite an idea what I'm going to say next. Here's what you're going to do, Jeff. You're going to speak life into people and you're going to explain, you're going to call like the diamond out of the coal. When everybody else sees the coal, you're going to tell them who they will be, who they can be. You're going to speak into their lives when everybody else is telling them how messed up they are. And he was getting it. And that's available to every single believer. And when you talk to people that way, like my tendency as a younger person was to be critical, point out Mm -hmm. error so we can fix this thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd be one of those people wearing an I am silently correcting your grammar sweatshirts, you know. not wrong. (laughs) And looking at that negative tendency, what's, you call it flip the script, what's the opposite of that? Mm -hmm. And that's how I overcome criticism because there's probably a really good clue whatever your negative tendency is, is to throw water on your gifting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so just to kind of recap in the last few minutes, the Lord wants to use every single one of his children. He wants to co-labor with us. He needs us to be his mouthpiece to hurting people. That's why I think Jesus said, I'm going to give you the comforter. He's going to remind you of everything I taught you. He's going to give you power. And what... My wonderful and beautiful guest, my wife Lynn, tonight has been sharing is just some natural ways to get started. Begins with just be aware, see what people are doing right, and then share with them what you saw that they're doing right. That was like level one. Yes. Level two was, and we said this is for women, not so much for men. We should clarify that. Um, Lynn, you're really awesome at bringing to noticing – Um, 
checkout ladies and baristas and all that, how they did their hair, that braid they put in, the line on their makeup. Guys, don't do that, all right? I'm going to tell you right now, hard and fast, men, this is not where you start pointing out the beauty of the 17-year-old waitress and telling her how it's God in her. Don't do it. It's sort of funny, but I've seen people do it, and it's really awkward. Well, and I have to tell you, please, men, if you're going to compliment a female, compliment a character quality, we – every female – has had negative interactions with men, boys and men of all ages, making inappropriate comments. Please comment females' character. It's huge. You have such power to compliment their character and leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, I see how hard you worked on that. Thanks for thanks for being so fast with that last person. I know you got a lot of work to do. I'm just really appreciating that you take your job really seriously. Something like that is a, a really nice starting point. And, and honestly, for women that are not used to hearing that from men, it's, it's very disarming and you can easily move in to things of the Lord. Now, do you, in the last minute or two, do you intend at some point with these interactions to pray for that person? How often? Is that like a, my goal is to pray for them every time? What's a success for you? I would say I pray less often for people in the moment unless there's a need because I'm encouraging words there's you know I might ask can I pray to bless their business if it's business owner I do that but for a checkout person um, probably not my success is to to reveal God to them in some aspect tiny or bigger as there's time to do that. Yeah, and we watch, it's almost like, guys, as I'm watching her do this, it's like a mic drop moment, you know, because she reveals God's heart for that person in love. She leaves them with something. Yeah, that's the Father. That's the, the your Creator moving through you. She leaves them with something like that. Everything doesn't have to conclude with, okay, let's bow our heads. How can I pray for you while you're on the clock? That's not necessarily the goal. We're just trying to plant a seed. Okay, we're just trying to move the needle a little bit. We don't have to get a touchdown every single time we have a play. We just want to move the needle. And you're moving the needle in love, in kindness. And as you open your mouth, he fills it. You know, the word says, um, let he who speaks know he speaks the oracles of God. Every time you open your mouth, if you set your intention like that, the Lord does come in with a Holy Spirit grace and he undergirds his children because he wants you to do this more than you do. Oh, it is. It makes for such a better life. It's so fun. Such a better day. If you're just out running errands, supply chain, you know, whatever it is, yeah. to, to see someone light up, to have a pleasant personal interaction, mm-hmm. you become more human yeah. as you see them become more human. Thank you for listening to the Firestorm Podcast with your host, Scott Gilbert. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're looking for more about the Firestorm Equipping Ministry, you can find us on the web at firestormunited.org. We're also on Facebook at Firestorm United. If you'd like to partner with us, 
equipping the body of Christ for revival, you can give on our website, firestormunited.org. All donations are tax deductible.